Section five of the History of Mary Prince by Mary Prince. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Supplement to the History of Mary Prince by the Editor. Part one. Leaving Mary's narrative for the present, without comment to the reader's reflections, I proceed to state some circumstances connected with her case which have fallen more particularly under my own notice and which i consider it incumbent now to lay fully before the public about the latter end of november eighteen hundred and twenty eight this poor woman found her way to the office of the anti-slavery society in aldermanbury by the aid of a person who had become acquainted with her situation and had advised her to apply there for advice and assistance after some preliminary examination into the accuracy of the circumstances related by her i went along with her to mr george stephen solicitor and requested him to investigate and draw up a statement of her case and have it submitted to counsel in order to ascertain whether or not under the circumstances her freedom could be legally established on her return to antigua on this occasion in mr stephen's presence and mine she expressed in very strong terms her anxiety to return thither if she could go as a free person and at the same time her extreme apprehensions of the fate that would probably await her if she returned as a slave her words were i would rather go into my grave than go back a slave to antigua though i wish to go back to my husband very much very much very much i am much afraid my owners would separate me from my husband and use me very hard or perhaps sell me for a field negro and slavery is too too bad i would rather go into my grave the paper which mr wood had given her before she left his house was placed by her in mr stephen's hands it was expressed in the following terms i have already told molly and now give it her in writing in order that there may be no misunderstanding on her part that as i brought her from antigua at her own request and entreaty and that she is consequently now free she is of course at liberty to take her baggage and go where she pleases and in consequence of her late conduct she must do one of two things either quit the house or return to antigua by the earliest opportunity as she does not evince a disposition to make herself useful as she is a stranger in london i do not wish to turn her out or would do so as two female servants are sufficient for my establishment if after this she does remain it will be only during her good behaviour but on no consideration will i allow her wages or any other remuneration for her services john a wood london august eighteenth eighteen hundred and twenty eight this paper though not devoid of inconsistencies which will be apparent to any attentive reader is craftily expressed and was well devised to serve the purpose which the writer had obviously in view namely to frustrate any appeal which the friendless black woman might make to the sympathy of strangers and thus prevent her from obtaining an asylum if she left his house from any respectable family as she had no one to refer to for a character in this country except himself he doubtless calculated securely on her being speedily driven back as soon as the slender fund she had in her possession was expended to throw herself unconditionally upon his tender mercies and his disappointment in this expectation appears to have exasperated his feelings of resentment towards the poor woman 
to a degree which few persons alive to the claims of common justice not to speak of christianity or common humanity could easily have anticipated such at least seems the only intelligible inference that can be drawn from his subsequent conduct the case having been submitted by desire of the anti-slavery committee to the consideration of dr lushington and mr sergeant stephen it was found that there existed no legal means of compelling mary's master to grant her manumission and that if she returned to antigua she would inevitably fall again under his power or that of his attorneys as a slave it was however resolved to try what could be effected for her by amicable negotiation and with this view mr ravenscroft a solicitor mr stephen's relative called upon mr wood in order to ascertain whether he would consent to mary's manumission on any reasonable terms and to refer if required the amount of compensation for her value to arbitration mr ravenscroft with some difficulty obtained one or two interviews but found mr wood so full of animosity against the woman and so firmly bent against any arrangement having her freedom for its object that the negotiation was soon broken off as hopeless the angry slave-owner declared that he would not move a finger about her in this country or grant her manumission on any terms whatever and that if she went back to the west indies she must take the consequences this unreasonable conduct of mr wood induced the anti-slavery committee after several other abortive attempts to effect a compromise to think of bringing the case under the notice of parliament the heads of mary's statement were accordingly engrossed in a petition which dr lushington offered to present and to give notice at the same time of his intention to bring in a bill to provide for the entire emancipation of all slaves brought to england with the owner's consent but before this step was taken dr lushington again had recourse to negotiation with the master and partly through the friendly intervention of mr manning partly by personal conference used every persuasion in his power to induce mr wood to relent and let the bondwoman go free seeing the matter thus seriously taken up mr wood became at length alarmed not relishing it appears the idea of having the case publicly discussed in the house of commons and to avert this result he submitted to temporize assumed a demeanour of unwonted civility and even hinted to mr manning as i was given to understand that if he was not driven to utter hostility by the threatened exposure he would probably meet our wishes in his own time and way having gained time by these manoeuvres he adroitly endeavoured to cool the ardour of mary's new friends in her cause by representing her as an abandoned and worthless woman ungrateful towards him and undeserving of sympathy from others allegations which he supported by the ready affirmation of some of his west india friends and by one or two plausible letters procured from antigua by these and like artifices he appears completely to have imposed on mr manning the respectable west india merchant whom dr lushington had asked to negotiate with him and he prevailed so far as to induce dr lushington himself actuated by the benevolent view of thereby best serving mary's cause to abstain from any remarks upon his conduct when the petition was at last presented in parliament in this way he dexterously contrived to neutralise all our efforts until the close of the session of eighteen twenty nine soon after which he embarked with his family for the west indies 
every exertion for mary's relief having thus failed and being fully convinced from a twelve months observation of her conduct that she was really a well-disposed and respectable woman i engaged her in december eighteen hundred and twenty nine as a domestic servant in my own family in this capacity she has remained ever since and i am thus enabled to speak of her conduct and character with a degree of confidence i could not have otherwise done the importance of this circumstance will appear in the sequel from the time of mr wood's departure to antigua in eighteen hundred and twenty nine till june or july last no farther effort was attempted for mary's relief some faint hope was still cherished that this unconscionable man would at length relent and in his own time and way grant the prayer of the exiled negro woman after waiting however nearly twelve months longer and seeing the poor woman's spirits daily sinking under the sickening influence of hope deferred i resolved on a final attempt in her behalf through the intervention of the moravian missionaries and of the governor of antigua at my request mr edward moore agent of the moravian brethren in london wrote to the rev joseph newby their missionary in that island empowering him to negotiate in his own name with mr wood for mary's manumission and to procure his consent if possible upon terms of ample pecuniary compensation at the same time the excellent and benevolent william allen of the society of friends wrote to sir patrick ross the governor of the colony with whom he was on terms of friendship soliciting him to use his influence in persuading mr wood to consent and i confess i was sanguine enough to flatter myself that we should thus at length prevail the result proved however that i had not yet fully appreciated the character of the man we had to deal with mr newby's answer arrived early in november last mentioning that he had done all in his power to accomplish our purpose but in vain and that if mary's manumission could not be obtained without mr wood's consent he believed there was no prospect of its ever being effected a few weeks afterwards i was informed by mr allen that he had received a letter from sir patrick ross stating that he also had used his best endeavours in the affair but equally without effect sir patrick at the same time enclosed a letter addressed by mr wood to his secretary mr taylor assigning his reasons for persisting in this extraordinary course this letter requires our special attention its tenor is as follows my dear sir in reply to your note relative to the woman molly i beg you will have the kindness to oblige me by assuring his excellency that i regret exceedingly my inability to comply with his request which under other circumstances would afford me very great pleasure there are many and powerful reasons for inducing me to refuse my sanction to her returning here in the way she seems to wish it would be to reward the worst species of ingratitude and subject myself to insult whenever she came in my way her moral character is very bad as the police records will show and she would be a very troublesome character should she come here without any restraint she is not a native of this country and i know of no relation she has here i induced her to take a husband a short time before she left this by providing a comfortable house in my yard for them and prohibiting her going out after ten to twelve o'clock our bedtime without special leave this she considered the greatest and indeed the only grievance she ever complained of and all my efforts could not prevent it in hopes of inducing her to be steady to her husband who was a free man 
i gave him the house to occupy during our absence but it appears the attachment was too loose to bind her and he has taken another wife so on that score i do her no injury in england she made her election and quitted my family this i had no right to object to and i should have thought no more of it but not satisfied to leave quietly she gave every trouble and annoyance in her power and endeavoured to injure the character of my family by the most vile and infamous falsehoods which was embodied in a petition to the house of commons and would have been presented had not my friends from this island particularly the honourable mr byam and dr cool come forward and disproved what she had asserted it would be beyond the limits of an ordinary letter to detail her baseness though i will do so should his excellency wish it but you may judge of her depravity by one circumstance which came out before mr justice diet in a quarrel with another female such a thing i could not have believed possible losing her value as a slave in a pecuniary point of view i consider of no consequence for it was our intention had she conducted herself properly and returned with us to have given her freedom she has taken her freedom and all i wish is that she would enjoy it without meddling with me let me again repeat if his excellency wishes it it will afford me great pleasure to state such particulars of her and which will be incontestably proved by numbers here that i am sure will acquit me in his opinion of acting unkind or ungenerous towards her i'll say nothing of the liability i should incur under the consolidated slave law of dealing with a free person as a slave my only excuse for entering so much into detail must be that of my anxious wish to stand justified in his excellency's opinion i am my dear sir yours very truly john a wood twentieth of october eighteen hundred and thirty charles taylor esq etc 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 i forgot to mention that it was at her own special request that she accompanied me to england and also that she had a considerable sum of money with her which she had saved in my service i knew of thirty-six pounds to forty pounds at least for i had some trouble to recover it from a white man to whom she had lent it j a w such is mr wood's justification of his conduct in thus obstinately refusing manumission to the negro woman who had escaped from his house of bondage end of section five